This is 4H4U2, a podcast from the Mississippi State University Extension Service promoting 4-H programs and positive youth development. Here now your host, Dr. John Long and Kobe Rutherford. All right, we are back. This is John Long. And I'm Kobe Rutherford. And you are listening to the 4H4U2 podcast, courtesy of the Mississippi State Extension. And uh, with us today, we're going to have part two of our conversation with Mr. 4-H, Mr. Larry Alexander. How are you doing today, Larry? Feeling really good. Good, good. Good deal. Yeah. Glad to have you. Thank yeah. you all for having me. Yeah. How are you, Kobe? You doing good over there? We're good. good. We're, it's yeah. been a, a good day so far. Yeah. Good. Excellent. So on our last conversation uh, that we had, we basically had led up to, Larry, you uh, kind of touching on your uh getting into the state 4-H office and spoke about Mr. Holly Ford being instrumental in, well, introducing you to that position. Right. Now, obviously, you had had, at that time, you had had a, a working relations with him. He knew you well enough to say, hey, this is a, a maybe a pretty good candidate for the position. Yeah, Holly and I, when I first started in the extension program in Marshall, he would invite agents to come and help judge you know record books or right. be a part of committees and he would always somehow seem to draw my name for things like that so I got right. to know Holly very very well um, and so when this opportunity came uh, available he just kept saying you ought to consider this you know mm-hmm. if you're going to grow in your career he said this might be a, a golden opportunity because as a young man uh, prior to then you know, I, I thought, man, I'd be a 4-H agent the rest of my life. Right. But he, he really opened the door and, and shed some light on, on, on a way to grow and still be a part of the 4-H uh, right. uh, career program. So it, 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 he really inspired me to to want to, you know, take this opportunity. How did he explain the position as far as what your responsibilities would be and then how to incorporate because that's interesting you say that how that you could still incorporate working with the youth because i find sometimes we kind of get not disassociated but we get displaced from disconnected right right. and not even have any interaction so when when i get an opportunity i'm excited you know like when we have congress or nationals you know it's something to be excited about because i actually see the results you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so how did what was his advice on on the position and do you remember any of that as well, far as? Well, you know, it, it's it's a little vague, but I, I just remember some conversations we had because when I explained to him about, you know, enjoying interacting with the young people, mm-hmm. he said, now that may be one thing that, that would be a little struggle for me because at the state office you dealt more with the agents and volunteers more so than you did with the young people. But he said there were several programs that would afford you the opportunity to to interact with the, with the young people, right. so that you could really you know stay uh, close to that to that age group. Mm-hmm. So I I um, I thought about that for a minute, and I said I'm not sure if that's what I wanted to do. But we had lots of interaction with young right. people from national congress to our state congress events. Project Achievement Days, mm-hmm. that was all with the young people, which you know. Right. So right. I, I really didn't, I didn't miss that much of interacting with the kids. So I was, I was able to feed my passion with, you know, um, in the position by still being, you know, closely tied to the young right. folks in the right. program. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that would be important, too, just because you've got to, obviously, if you're going to meet the needs of young people, 
you need to be interacting with them to see exactly, you know, exactly what they're into, I guess you could say. So of all the jobs you've had and little tasks you've had in the office with everything from Project Human Day, Congress, what is the one thing you look forward to every single year? Shooting sport. <laughs> for eight safety now. Well, you know, John, you know, you say that facetiously, but, you know, I, I really look forward to those outdoor events, um, even though sometimes they were the hottest part of the year. But, you know, we work closely together. Right. But I, I think uh, – Kobe, the one thing that I look forward to each year was State 4-H Congress because mm-hmm. it was an opportunity for us to showcase Mississippi State University and in, in, in the for, State 4-H office because I, I go back to my early years um, uh, in growing up. I never knew much about 4-H, never was a 4-H member. Mm-hmm. And, and so I prided myself in trying to um, – tell young people about Mississippi State and Extension because I didn't have that that luxury uh, when I was growing up. And I tell a lot of people now, you know, even I spent 38 years with it as a career, I never spent a day as a member. Right, right. But uh, and, and that was probably not a bad thing because I didn't have any, you know, preconceived na- notions about the program. Mm-hmm. But but Congress and the State Fair, I guess, Dr. Oh, Ball. <laughs> you was know probably, I love State was Fair. probably my favorite two, yes. two things to look forward yeah. to every year. Wrecking Crew. Yes, I indeed. Love that. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to do another story <laughs> show on that, but it cr- gets a little closer to time. It's crazy how things roll around so quickly in this mm-hmm. office, and I, oh. I'm starting to see that. as I've almost been in there a year in this position. But, uh, John, today I got an email about State Fair. I'm like, Did you really? What? It's not even July yet. Doesn't matter. But then started thinking. I'm like, well, uh, registration opens August 1st. Yeah. The fair's in October. I mean, it's right around the corner. And it's after next week, we're rolling into July. That's, right. That's, that's right. So, yeah, wow. it's crazy. But, wow. Yeah, somebody called uh, yesterday wanting a fair book. Yeah. Yeah. That may have been what you were talking about, but I don't know. It's a cycle. Yeah. So what oh, you got me excited about State it's Fair now. You favorite, to, John's favorite. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have no, mentioned that. I love that. State Fair, too. Mm-hmm. So you you had to, you mentioned the Congress and State Fair. Uh, what, anything in particular about those events, just other than watching the, the youth uh, compete? And Well, Kobe, I think the big thing was, you know, I, I, I had a chance to see – kids through their project achievement days and then I see them at the at the senior level and you you know you already see them maturing as young people but then you know you see them as their first year at congress and then they come back when they are junior or senior in high school and boy there's a big difference in their maturity uh the respect and and that just proved to me that 4-H really and truly gives young people a jump start in life. Mm, it no equipped them with the tools that they need to, you know, to go out and meet some of the most important people in the world, but then still, you know, be kid enough to, you know, have fun in the process. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the one thing that I, I, I look forward to and I appreciated what those events, you know, did for those young folks. Mm-hmm. It's definitely – amazing to see how how they like in the short time i've been here to see the the 4-hers come through and i remember them being small that's well, my small but younger and then aging out and then going out and getting careers and all of a sudden you know it's like well this so and so's in the military and this person's a game warden and this person is you know it, it's just amazing how 
and, and I think it, that's 4-H's, you know, teaching those life skills, like you said, it's able to prepare them probably better than a lot of, a lot of other young people the same age, for sure. I, I think having my two children um, grow up through the 4-H ranks, I, I can see a very noticeable difference in, in, in Trey, who is the oldest, and, mm-hmm. and Leanne, which is my youngest, Leanne actually got into 4-H at a younger age than, than Trey. Okay. Uh, probably not a whole lot of difference, but she was exposed to some things that Trey probably didn't get the opportunity to in 4-H, and, and I can see it in her personality. Really? I can see it in the way she's uh, performing on in her career now. Right. But I, I just knew that not having that opportunity as a, as a person myself really let me realize how much I may have missed right in, in getting some of those tools at a, at an earlier right. at an earlier age. and she's a perfect example because I remember when she was on the leadership That's team right. and now she's <laughs> she's yes. a, where is she she's at MSMS yeah uh, director yeah. of student affairs yeah there. So that's she's, amazing she's enjoying it makes me yeah. feel old <laughs> <laughs> wow. but we get back to the age thing again oh, yeah. don't we Larry that's right but well, um, so 38 years uh, in in basically from how many years did you say you stayed in? I was in the county for right at 11, almost 11, 11 years. And the remainder of that has been yeah, here. That's correct. So how many, uh, can you think of how many extension directors that you've had during that time? Wow. So my first extension director is a person that this building is named after, W.M. Bost, I believe is his, uh-huh. is his name. But I think if I look back, there's been either seven or eight directors. Okay. I think okay. that's right. Yeah. But um, the, the the thing that, that kind of is a funny, uh, back of about two or three years ago, a lot of the people that came on with me were starting to re- – the last of them were starting to retire. Mm-hmm. And I had a conversation with, with one of them, and uh, I said, well, I think this – Boss Extension Building was built somewhere in the 70s. I said, I, I think I'm becoming a part of the building. You know, I go with the, with the decor. I said, it's time to do something. But, but yeah, we, we've had uh, – I've had an opportunity to experience – I believe it's been seven or eight directors. Wow. And, and each one of them had their own unique leadership styles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I couldn't pick a favorite. Right. Uh, because sometimes, you know, people with different leadership styles, you need that as an individual to, to grow yourself. Right. And I think each of them brought a very unique uh, skill to the table. Yeah. yeah. But it was, it was fun. So Dr. Boss was, um, he was, was he here when you started in the state office? He was not. He was not. He, he Actually, when I started with the, uh, with extension, he was going out the same. Oh, same really? So I really never got to, hmm. to really hear him speak at a, at a function. Well, the paint hadn't pretty much dried that, here when you came here then, that's, basically. That's right. Yeah. It's fairly new building. Well, that that is uh, kind of leads us up to the topic I really don't want to talk about for obvious reasons. But uh, Larry has decided that uh, you're moving on to the next phase of life, uh, beginning of starting at the end of June or starting first of July, that's really. Correct. So I know that that's that's a, a tough decision in some instances because 4-H has been such a big part of your life for so long. But um, so um, you've got things you want to do other than that. I mean, I know you still want to do 4-H. I know that. Okay. (laughs) But what do you see yourself doing in the future? Well, you know, 
Dr. Long, probably if I had retired um, five or so or more years ago, because really and truly I had a goal of retiring at 55. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just, you know, I probably would have looked at getting into something else uh, that would allow me to kind of continue what I do on my job. Right. But, you know, I've, I've been probably seven years uh or not quite seven years past that Don't time. Don't tell your age. That's right. <laughs> Almost it. <laughs> but but no, um, we got some things that we need to do uh, at home that we've been putting on the back burner, you know, with our old home and the place itself. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that I'll, I'll be able to, in the first year, kind of get that project uh, underway and done. But after that, I, I told uh, Latrell Stokes, I said, well, now I'll be in Starville if I can help you know, with with some of your workshops and and some volunteer work, I, I'll certainly do that right. because uh, I truly, truly enjoy the service, mm-hmm. providing service to people. So I don't I don't want to I don't want to forget that part of mm-hmm. it. So, but uh, as far as work work, uh, I don't know if I'll be looking for anything. <laughs> I gotta tell I gotta tell you something about uh, the first time. I guess it was the first time I met you. Okay, I came in and I knew Trey. I actually knew Trey way before I knew you because wow. I'd always come to the basement and I would see Trey well, working right. in the basement. That's right. Um, <clears throat> in the print department. But anyway, uh, so I interviewed for the job. I think it was the day that I interviewed or something. I can't remember. But I came to your office the very first time I, I met you. I walked in the office uh, and he smiled at me and I said something to him and I said, okay, thanks, Larry. And when I said that, I turned and I was like, oh, I just winced because I said, I don't even know this guy. And I'm already calling him by his first name. And I went home and told my wife. And she was like, you called him Larry? And I was like, little did I know for the remainder right. of the time yeah. we're having together, I, that's all I really, right. really called him, actually. That's right. Um, I always get tickled. And I know I've been guilty of it, too. And I know that you probably will have heard this in your sleep, but... I always call it a uh, quick question. Mm-hmm. Everybody always has a quick, quick question mm-hmm. for Mr. Larry. So <laughs> do you have any quick questions that come to mind? I know it's millions of them that you've probably answered throughout the years. I think I asked him 15 today. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, you know, um, the way I took on questions, and this is just something that's been a part of me for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like if you're providing Sometimes maybe an answer. It may not be the exact answer that right. that, that that you give, but it, it 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 says that you know somebody thought enough to come to you to ask a question. Right. Which I felt good about that. Which means you know you you still feel like you you're fulfilling your worth. Right. But you know there have been some questions by some agents um, that sometimes you know you hang up the phone and not just agents. It could be It'd a be, volunteer. It could or be John. <laughs> But, you know, I guess the one thing, if I, some people ask me, do you ever have agitations? Because I always try to smile. Mm-hmm. Not really, but you think about things. You, you ask yourself, did they really think about that before they asked the right. question? Right. But I never wanted to make anybody feel that a question was a insignificant question or a dumb question. Right. No. I mean, because if he had enough courage, that person had enough courage to answer, ask that question, then we give them the courtesy to right. give the answer. They want the answer, sure. That's right. So yeah. I, I try to take every question that way yeah. and not make a person feel like, I ain't going to ever ask him a question right. again. Right, right. And I think over the years that is why people don't hesitate to ask me, you know, 
any kind of question right. because uh, you know you you make their questions important because you give them an answer. Right. But um, we've we've had a lot of um, questions that you know sometimes you don't really know the the the, the answer. But one of my prides was to try to find the best answer mm -hmm. for that because there's no way we can know everything. And you know for people that's just starting in youth development. Um, that's one of the things that you got to do is to make the caller or the person asking the question feel like, you know, it's important enough for you to get an answer and, and, and find that answer and give it to them. So mm -hmm. that goes a long way with you. That's a good point. I remember uh, when I first started in this position, uh, asking asking you just a million questions a day because I, I didn't know what I had gotten into, what I was doing. Uh, but I remember that uh, reaction from you always being willing to help out to stop whatever you're doing to uh, explain to me things thoroughly and uh, so that I would get it and understand mm -hmm. and that always went a long way with me it's a big it's a big uh, I don't loss I would say because of such a uh, of course we know things move along but sure, anyway sure. it's a big loss because you've got such a wealth of information and such years of experience that when you don't have that you know it's kind of like you gotta be here we go you know That's you right. gotta come you just don't have Mr. Larry to come to. Anymore. I know. <laughs> and that, that, that's going to be missed. I can tell you that. No it's doubt. missed, for sure. But uh, I'll have to find resources. I mean, instead yeah. of going next door and asking Mr. Larry, we'll have to actually do a Google search. <laughs> <That's right>. or, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to work some, John. Exactly. It'll be okay. We'll, we'll, we'll be fine. Yeah, that's okay. the thing you have to keep in mind. You know, um, I, didn't learn, I didn't learn all the things I learned overnight. Right. I, I can tell you. Experience was a great teacher. Um, I, I can tell you, I did not have um, for maybe a year or so. When I came on the, the staff here at the state office, there were three other people. Um, I think Jim Young, um, Joe Campbell, and Ann Jarrett. And their responsibilities were so different from Holly's, which is the responsibilities I took on. Mm -hmm. But I can remember Joe Campbell being very, very polite and say, well, let's just go find out. Mm -hmm. And and that stuck with me because, you know, he could have just blew me off and said, I don't have time for that. But right. neither of them ever ever did that. So, you know, that's why I really tried hard to to reach out to other folks and to say, hey, we'll go figure it out together. Right, you know? right. That's so, awesome. Yeah. The uh, I've always thought he was cool under pressure, too. I've always wanted. <laughs> I envy that. Well, like, I've had some real cussings before. <laughs> I won't tell you that. That was hard. <laughs> <laughs> that was real hard. Yeah, you get a thick skin eventually, I guess. You will. Yeah, take you your really will. But, um, that was one thing I was going to ask. I, have you I've, got, to, I've got a good question. Go ahead. You so, favorite memory. Oh. This is, this is I know it's probably a bunch of them. But. I mean, has to be favorite, favorite now. Oh. Wow. That's a tough question. We should have prompted him with that. Yeah, right? I had have. a chance to think about that. Yeah. Because, that, you know, I've had several, but I don't know if it was such a fun memory as the one that's coming to me right now mm -hmm. but dr evelyn johnson was, was on board as a clothing specialist and it's a fair related item and we were in jackson for the state fair and we had a um fashion show as a part of the of the fair and so we had spent friday night and some lady from the gulf coast had come there to see her child's eight-year-old well seven-year-old exhibit on display mm -hmm. And so she got to Evelyn Johnson before she got to me. And when I walked through the back door, um, 
Evelyn was trying to keep her from discovering that I had gotten there, but somebody said, well, there he is right there, you know. And so she beelined to me, and she proceeded to give me this the what spiel for? about, you know, they traveled all the way from the coast, and my baby's exhibit is not on display, and y'all should be ashamed, yada, yada, yada. And I just stood there with this, well, everybody said I just stood there with this smile on my face because I really didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I finally asked her what county she was from and who was her agent. Sharon Watkins was the agent. Wow. Fairly new. Wow. And we did an exhibit five to seven-year-olds okay. at the fair. Uh-huh. Her exhibit was there, but not uh-huh. on display. Oh. But um, she gave me a few choice words, you know. But that was, um, I guess that was a real learning opportunity for me as well because, right. you know, we tried to explain more to those new agents what to tell their volunteers so right. that we didn't have that again. But that was, that was a, a, I won't ever forget that, but it wasn't too fun. So not necessarily the favorite, but one that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One, one of the, definitely one of the sticks in your brain. That's oh, right. man. That's uh, right. So speaking of that, do you have any um, advice uh, as, <laughs> to us and those that are left behind and uh, agents out there? Well, the, the, the tidbit of advice involved. that I would give for those who are working in the in the 4-H arena and the youth development arena, you know, one of the things that uh, I encourage people not to do, and that's to assume. Um, Sometimes we go about um, our work assuming that everybody knows the same thing that you know, and there are some young agents out there, young volunteers, uh, young to the the 4-H youth department, and I just think that we have to keep that in mind is that you have to reverse the situation and put yourself in their shoes. And I think with, you know, by doing that, that allow you the opportunity to service people, you know, in a glad way or in a happy way that they look forward to having opportunities to dialogue with you. Because if you ever make a person feel small, they will avoid you the rest of your career. They won't want to have anything to do with you. So we have to have a welcoming attitude, and you have to let people know that you care. Mm. Not Solid. not always have the right answer, but know that you care. Right. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Well, as uh, we close this podcast, it's a little bit of sadness. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I've enjoyed working with you these past. I don't do goodbyes too well, so this is about as good as it's going to get. <laughs> But I have enjoyed working with you, and we appreciate you coming in today, and we wish you nothing but the best of health, wealth, and luck, and enjoy working on your cars and oh, yeah. answer your phone because <laughs> I've, I've got tractor issues or sure. something I need help with. Yeah, oh, yes. don't go up and change your number without telling us. <laughs> oh, no. I, I look forward to the opportunity to continue our uh, friendships and, uh, and anything that I can provide to to help along the way, y'all know that I'm more than willing to do that. Have, have you got any plans for July 1, like what you're going to do that day? Because I asked somebody else that the other day, another retiree. You know, it's funny. I had a conversation with my wife. Mm. And she said, what are you going to do on July 1st? I said, I'm going to stay in the bed past 8 o'clock. And I said, if the phone rings, it'll just ring because I'm not going to answer it. I said, because I won't know what to do with myself. So, mm. you know, July 1, uh you know, my old dad is, is still living, and we're blessed to have him. So I'm sure I will be either headed in that direction or doing something with, 
with him. So wow. that's yeah. that's my intent. Somebody told me that it feels like a vacation for about a week or so, that's and the, then it sets in yeah. that you you don't have the office to go to. That's, so. that's right. Well, That's we right. we wish you nothing but the best, thank and uh, thank you for 38 years of service to the youth of our uh, great state, and uh, we wish you all the best. So thank you. Thank We've you. been speaking with uh, Mr. Larry Alexander and Mr. 4H, and this is 4H4U2, and we uh, hope that if you have are interested in 4H, you would go to the uh, website. And, Kobe, what's that website? That's extension.msstate.edu. Y'all have a great day. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for joining us for 4H4U2. For more information, please visit extension.msstate.edu and be sure to subscribe to our podcast. 4H4U2 is produced by the Mississippi State University Extension Service, Office of Agricultural Communications.